Yo, 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 where do you think you're going? What do you think you're doing? You better chill out. You better sit down because the Our Success Podcast is about to begin. Welcome, 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 guys, to another episode of Our Success Podcast. Today, I have Brandon Wright with me, a gentleman from Minnesota himself, and also he's an active lawyer here in town in Reno. Brandon, welcome to our show. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I appreciate you. I know you're very busy working for an international law firm. Obviously, it's not anything that's easy. Obviously, you are very busy. And the fact that you make time for us kids just means the world to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you giving me the, the privilege to have this conversation today. Absolutely. So tell me, how do you feel about everything going on? Because there's a lot of things going on, especially from somebody like yourself who grew up as a young black man in Minnesota. Were you treated by police the same way as your, some of your white folk, folk friends or were you treated differently? Well, it, it's, uh, I guess, uh, two things. One, it's there, there is so much going on and so much to digest. Where I, I, I think of it like bandwidth, uh, where anybody only has so much bandwidth at any given time in life generally. Mm-hmm. So between uh, the global pandemic, uh, obviously the, the racial tensions, uh, the protests, everything you see every day on the news about the pandemics, the protests, the racial tensions, it just starts to, to squeeze on the bandwidth, uh, so you have to figure out 100%. where you're going to be focusing. Um, as to uh, question two, um, I, I think yes, in a number of respects, I was treated um, the the same. Right? If you speed by cops, you're going to get a ticket. If you do certain things, you're going to get attention. And no, just being uh, who I am and uh, the color I am, you get extra scrutiny. Extra attention. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit more about your upbringing. Did you go to school in Minnesota or how, how was your upbringing? Yeah, um, uh, I suppose, depending on how you, you, you want to look at it. So um, I, I'm adopted and I started my life as an orphan on a cotton farm in small town Texas. Wow. So went from uh, there. I, I was adopted. I mentioned I have uh, three additional siblings who are all adopted as well. And um, all of my, my siblings are, are ethnically different, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, where I have a Korean brother and a Korean sister um, and my older uh, sister. Uh, she's, uh, she's mixed. She's uh, half black, uh, half white. And then my, myself as the youngest. Okay. So uh, we spent um, the life uh, started, started off in Texas for me anyways, and then moved to Kansas and then moved to Minnesota after that. So I, I lived in Minnesota basically from um, when I was seventh grade through a law school, and then I started practicing law um, in, in Minnesota as well. Very interesting. Why'd you get into law? That is a really interesting question where uh, I, I, I wanted to, to do the, the bad guys behind bars thing. I thought I was going to be a prosecutor, mm-hmm. uh, truth be told, and it, it was... Uh, my, my father's a pastor and my mother's a teacher. And so for me, it, it was something uh, initially I was looking, believe it or not, at going into seminary um, and being a, a pastor like my father. But I wanted to try something different. Um, I, I, you know, the whole bad guys behind bars thing. And uh, if, if that didn't work out, well, you know, there's always the, the ministry. Not that that's a plan B per se, but uh, I just wanted to, to give it a shot. Um, and uh, in law school, it was really interesting learning about 
all the, the different things that you learn in law school. And um, I graduated right when the, the Great Recession hit. So as far as counties and cities hiring prosecutors, that just that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of um, fell into my current uh, career. Not that I, I'm disappointed. I really love doing what I'm doing, but it right. is not uh, what I initially thought I would be doing. Very cool. Let's talk about George Floyd. You've probably seen sure. the video, have you? It's, it's tough. It's really tough. What did you see in that video? Um, I, I, I saw a black man being slowly murdered, right? Where it, it's, it's really tough because with that, uh, it's not standard police training to do what they did. And uh, interestingly enough, there was another case I touched about a year ago where a law enforcement officer in Las Vegas, where I, I lived at the time, strangled uh, and killed another black man in, I believe it was the parking lot of one of the, the, the casinos in downtown Vegas. And so as, as for the reasonable use of force, things that you're supposed to do uh, as law enforcement, I got to, to get familiar with those things. And as a matter of general law enforcement, a deadly force should only be used when there's a reasonable fear of deadly force, just 100%. as a simple principle. Absolutely. And I, I think it's very, very hard for anybody to believe, regardless of your political affiliation or identification, that when you're outnumbered four to one, when you're on the ground being physically restrained, when you give every indication that your life is in danger, that there's a reasonable belief that uh, the law enforcement officers, plural in that situation, felt uh, it was reasonable to do what they did for as long as they did. Absolutely, no. And it seems like the, the man who was doing that himself, it seemed like him and Mr. Floyd, they knew each other for a while based on the reports I saw. And there was a report came out today, I haven't fact-checked it yet, but it seems like one of the officers had only been on the job for three days, the other one for only four, four days. Or something along those lines, and then you have this, something like that. Yeah, and then you have the EMT come by, and some of my community is asking, "How come the EMT never checked for the pulse? How come the EMT never tried to revive the George Floyd?" You know, there's a lot of different questions that I think our community is still asking from a professional standpoint, from what you saw. I, obviously, I'm not asking you to represent yourself as a lawyer, just as a, as a civilian. What do you think went wrong there? Do you think there's something else going on behind the scenes that we're not being told? Or do you think it's the same old racism game that's unfortunately still lingering around our country? Well, I, I, I think it's, it's too simple to uh, start talking about what went wrong in those you know, almost nine minutes. Because the, the problem of what went wrong, we're talking about things years and years and years before that uh, systemically. And then if you want to get down to it, what went wrong, um, even within uh, the police force, when you have officers with multiple complaints of excessive force, um, uh, I believe uh, for the, the individual that uh, had his knee on his, his, his neck, um, I, I think I saw a report of 16 prior complaints of various sorts. So that there isn't something that, in my mind, that began to go wrong uh, in those almost nine minutes. We're, we're talking about years and years 
of whether it's um, lackluster training, whether it's uh, lackluster um, discipline enforcement, uh, whatever, whatever happened, things went wrong long before this incident. Unfortunately, this is the symptom of a festering problem. And it, it wasn't the first. And sadly, it probably won't be the last as much as I hope it, it, it will be. I want to pick your brain about something, Brandon, because a lot of my young friends are just angry. And I know you know the feeling. Even myself as a minority, as an immigrant, the first day Brian, my boy here, he showed me the video of the killing of George Floyd. I was shaking. I was shaking. We went on a bike ride just to cool off. In the middle of the bike ride towards the end, even, he was just like, hey, man, you all right? You good? But it's just tough. Like, you come, you come from that point of view of seeing somebody else innocently being used with so much excessive force and to your point the man is not armed the man is in your custody somebody else checked his pulse they told you he probably doesn't have a pulse and you still continue doing this now I'm a mid-30s gentleman who has grown multiple companies I have had a lot of spiritual findings because five years ago they found three lesions in my brain and at that point they gave me a worst case scenario of potentially only six, having six months to live. So even with all that, I had a really, really hard time with this. So some of my younger friends that are so angry, I just can't blame them. But what do we tell our younger kids to make sure they do the right thing? They continue protesting peacefully. We put legislation forward. We change laws. We do things that matter. But how do we control our anger? Can you talk a little bit about both sides of those things? Sure, and, and, and I want to just throw another something in where with a, a lot of my, my white friends, something I've gotten, especially here in Reno, as you know, it's a very white community. And uh, something that I've heard over and over again is, you know, I, I, I'm so sorry this happened. I feel so bad for you. I'm so sorry. And I, I think that, that the, the feelings whether it's anger or whether it's guilt, right, white guilt or whatever it is, um, I think those are, uh, are there for a reason. Um, as for the, the, the guilt and the apologies, um, I, I think that that feeling is fine and it's, it's appreciated, but feelings in and of themselves, they're, they're self-contained, right? I feel bad, mm -hmm. I'm, so, I'm so sorry, that's great but it's the action that matters. You can feel whatever you want. You can 100%. feel sad, you can feel pissed, you can feel whatever it is you want. The, the, the big question, I think where you're going is, what's, what's the action? What's the end game? What's the result? And so for uh, all, the, the, all of my, my white friends, I, I appreciate the acknowledgement that there's something wrong because there is something wrong. That said, feeling mm -hmm. bad, feeling guilty, that is not enough. We, we need to think about what action are we going to do because simply coming to me, coming to other minorities and saying, you know, I'm so, so sad. I, I appreciate that acknowledgement, but call your, call your senator, call your legislator, talk, talk to people, do something aside from just telling me you feel bad because that doesn't fix anything. And, and it, it, it feels uh, but like um, a bad analogy, but one I'll use uh, after every school shooting, right? Thoughts and prayers. 
that I, it, it's good we acknowledge that yeah. there's something going on. It's good that we send thoughts and prayers, but that's not enough. That doesn't fix anything. And we've been in this situation many, 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 many times and nothing has changed. So we need to think, what are we gonna do? And then we need to do something. So that, that is for the, 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 the guilty, the, the white guilt portion. And then as for the, the being pissed, that it's really tough because we want to do something and peaceful protests are very, very powerful. Um, and and it's, it's wonderful to see that they're all over the country, in fact, all over the world. Um, and unfortunately, some of them have become violent. Um, some by outside actors, mm -hmm. um, others may, maybe not, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll assume so. That said, it's with the, the looting and the rioting, obviously I'm not promoting any type of violence of any kind, but the, the, the thought of what's it matter or I need to do something to get someone's attention, I can understand. I don't agree with, but I most certainly can understand because at, at what point is it um, protesting just isn't getting the job done, standing in front of a building um, after it happens in Oklahoma, Birmingham, I mean, name a state. At, at what point is there, we have to do something else. Obviously, I would prefer it be call your senator, call your local representative, vote, right? Uh, push for body cameras, things like that. Let's dissect that. You, you all are listening to this right now, and here's the truth. We're in 2020, and a lot of us kids, we don't feel comfortable calling up our senators because these are big, powerful people, but we know what we feel comfortable with. We can send them a DM. We can actually tag them in post. So, brother, if you don't mind, explain that to us. Let's say it's a bunch of us. We're reaching out to, uh, to some of our senators here in Nevada or California or wherever we are. What do we say to them? What do we ask them to do? And, and that's, that's a wonderful question where uh, what, what I suggest, uh, we all have a, a different message and, and a different thought. And I think at, at the, the premise, our elected officials are, uh, are, are elected to serve us as the constituents. So they need yep. to know our thoughts. So mm -hmm. if it's something as simple as um, uh, sending an email, writing a letter, tagging, whatever, and, and saying, you failed me, that's really powerful. Three words, you failed me. I mean, uh, whatever it is, um, I, as an attorney, we, we are taught to be uh, short, clear, and concise. So what, whatever it is, I, I would suggest that. Um, uh, I, I, I'm a big proponent in uh, body cameras and things like that, additional training. I'm, I'm a, a proponent mm -hmm. of transparency. If there's discipline, people, I think, in the community need to know. I, I would want to know if I'm being pulled over by an officer that has you know, four prior excessive force situations. I, I don't know how you go about doing that personally. I don't think that that officer without something should be in that particular role, but there has to be a solution. Whatever the, the solution is, even if it's not 100%, I don't think that perfect should be the enemy of good. Right. 
for sure. Um, I have some of my friends that say, you know what, I'm totally with you. We're a little bit more uh, mature, I guess, older. We don't want to destroy our towns. We understand that even, for example, destroying police officer cars, these are public properties. We're paying for them. So we're not going to try to do that to ourselves. And then I have my other friends that say, but I'm so angry. Uh, A lot of my friends right now, they're uh, quoting Tupac Shakur. Because at some point he said, we've been protesting peacefully for a long time. But if this continues, next time we do this, it's not going to be so peaceful, right? So how do we bring both sides together? How do you you imagine we can bring our community together? Because I do believe that, to your point, you kind of alluded to it. There are some parties out there, Brandon, that have an interest in dividing us. And from a third party who wasn't born and raised here, from somebody that actually came to this country and had to learn about the history of this country. I see both sides and I have friends in both these tribes and I my, my heart aches because I feel like we want to bring people together. Even as a spiritual person, when you zoom out of our earth, when you look at our galaxy, we look at our local group of galaxies, we look at two trillion other galaxies that we have, we literally physically come from the same place. Now some of my friends call that God, some of them call it cosmos, or what have you, right? So how do we promote that message of let's bring everybody together, let's make sure we do things the right way and actually truly make an impact impactful change today I, I I don't know if there is uh, a silver bullet where um, I, I think that um, there there needs to be uh, a national discussion and in, in our, our current environment that just isn't going to happen where the, the what what should what should have happened at the beginning? is that uh, the president, President Trump, should have held uh, a press conference surrounded by Barack Obama, um, Bill Clinton, uh, George H.W. Bush, uh, uh, maybe Carter, McConnell, Pelosi, and there should have been, uh, right after the the video went viral, a speech about this is unacceptable. Uh, We are going to uh, create task forces and look at legislation. We are a, a nation of diversity. And we need that diversity because it what's, it's what makes us strong. And, and that unifying message, acknowledging the outrage, but moving past the, the outrage to end this time, we will do, do something, whatever it is, mm-hmm. where previously, when there's been calls for things like uh, body cameras, different types of training, that there's been pushback of, well, how are we gonna pay for it? A legitimate question. Right. However, within the last two months, um, uh, our, our government snapped their fingers and created, oh, what, $3 trillion, $2 trillion? So the, the issue in my mind isn't a matter of how are we going to pay for it. The issue is when are we going to decide to do something? So um, I, I think that uh, the, uh, the unifying call, whether it's from a federal level uh, or even a local level, it's uh, we need... To, to come up with some sort of unifying idea. Because right now, while protesting police violence is, is it's good, that it shouldn't happen. Systemic racism should not happen in any mm-hmm. institution anywhere in this country, period. And it should be protested Amen. and it should stop. Amen. That said, the, the big question is, what are we going to do and how are we gonna get there? Absolutely. Because Take, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, no absolutely. I, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, t- taking t- to the streets is great. Um, ma- making a podcast like, like these, fantastic. 
that said, the, the, the big question is, of course, what next? And it goes back to the, the, this white guilt. We're simply saying, I'm sorry isn't good enough. I, I'm with you. Brother, you sure you don't want to run for office? Because I'm thinking Brandon Wright 2020. <laughs> I mean, what you just proposed, like, honestly, sincerely, brother, like, look at this. My, my hair is standing up because I'm thinking you're absolutely right. Like, that, what a brilliant idea. Bring all these leaders together. I would actually include a lot of the Black Lives Matter leaders as well, including other organizations as well. Let's bring them all together. Y'all are our leaders. We're a bunch of kids. We don't know what we're doing. And that's what I'm thinking. Brandon Wright 2020. Let's go. <laughs> yes, you're right because we you are right we did snap our fingers and we actually increased our national debt by tremendous amount right. and from where i can probably see some of my friends are making this question as well is that we need to have a huge outbreak in covid19 cases right now with all these riots and protesting going on and if we don't as somebody that may have let's say lost a parent and i didn't get to see those people on their deathbed last minute last hour I'm hurt because y'all stopped me from seeing my loved ones on the deathbed and now all this stuff is happening and if I don't see a huge breakout of cases, we're going to have more angry people. And brother, I, I sincerely from the bottom of my heart I applaud you and I admire you so very much for saying that what you just said. I want to share you. a little story with you if I may. Please. I, the last place I was at was Los Angeles. I was going down on a freeway. I kid you not, if you've ever been to Los Angeles, freeways, uh, I was probably going all of 15, 20 miles an hour. It's yeah, I was going to say, all right, yeah. Uh, there you go, right? So and when I say freeway, we're just it, it's a parking lot, but we call it a freeway. So I was going 15, 20 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, I have this uh, officer behind me that just pulls up because he was on the side of the road. I just went right by him, 15, 20 miles an hour, and he get right behind me, and he started turning on his lights. As a minority, as an immigrant, I'm scared. I own businesses. I'm well-established. I know a lot of people in the city. I probably know people that are connected to DA. But it's still, as a minority, I've been a citizen for years now. But still, that, that fear is still always in me for whatever reason. Because I come from the Middle East. Also, as a Christian, I don't have a country that I can get deported back to without being killed and assassinated on the streets. So for me, it's a really matter of life and death. So I'm behind the wheels and I obviously look around. There's a very narrow shoulder and I'm thinking, okay, if I pull over here, if the officer stands on this side, obviously he's going to get hit by other cars, even though they're going slow. On this side, there's not enough room and I'm just worried. So I put on my, uh, my hazard lights, my emergency lights, and I make sure I'm going slowly as possible. He's right behind me and I pull off on the first exit. As soon as I pull off, I realize that off ramp doesn't have another place for me to stop. So again, I continue and I stop on the first street that I can turn on, put everything on park. And I know, I know how these things go. So I lower down my window, put my hands on the wheel. I'm just waiting for the officer. I, God bless this gentleman. I can't say anything about him, but he came out at me with his guns and everything else. He's like, why'd you not stop? And he's yelling at me like I have just come off of a murder. Why'd you not stop? And I'm like shaking. I swear to God, Brandon, I'm shaking. I'm like, officer, officer. I was just trying to protect both of us. I mean, you saw my hazard lights, right? Right? Like, I'm, I'm trying. He's like, no, you're trying to get away. I was like, brother, are you serious right now? He's like, roll down your back window. You got tinted windows. I don't know who's in there. I rolled it down. I was like, it's, there's nothing going on. He's like, where are you going? Like, I'm going to a meeting in, in the radio station. He's like, how do I know that's true? I was like, may I reach for my phone, show you my calendar? He's like, do not touch anything. Yeah. 
All right. So we had a conversation for 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, I, I used every single skill that I have, Brandon, and understanding human behavior, having studied psychology online at Yale independently, like literally anything and everything I knew, I used it as verbal jujitsu to make sure I calm the situation down. I don't want to be shot. I know those things hurt if they don't kill. So I want to just make sure we diffuse the situation and go about our day because I'm not a criminal. I'm not doing anything. If you saw something, if my backlight was out or my registration expired, whatever the case may be, give me a ticket let's let's go about our day right luckily for me that that situation got diffused i walked away it was a i think it was a tag that i hadn't forgotten to change or it was the month that i had forgotten to change or something else he gave me a ticket it was a i believe it was a fix it ticket and everything went away but then i was talking to some of my friends and you know they're honestly they're they're disappointed in me they said it should you should have filed a complaint you should have had a different conversation with that supervisor I want to take you, get your take as an intelligent man. Did I go wrong? Or if you were in that situation, what would you do differently to make sure, to your point, systematically we can stop some of these things from happening? Well, I, 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 I don't, I'm not in the position to say you did or didn't do wrong. Um, where you, you did what you felt is right, and I, I respect that. And I think anybody, it, it's very easy to sit on the outside and point fingers and say that someone did or did something. But in the heat of the moment, and even following the, the moment, it, it's, you, you gotta do what you feel is best. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm very glad that that situation didn't have a very different ending. Me too. Um, uh, that, that said, if it was me, um, I, I personally, uh, I, I, I probably would have approached it differently, but that's largely because I'm an attorney. Where uh, you, you want to pull your gun on me, okay. Um, that's not I ideal, obviously. Um, <laughs> my my uh, initial thought, uh, what, what county was it? Was it LA County? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I know uh, in LA um, that their, their vehicles have uh, dash cams, obviously. I don't know if, if they have uh, body cameras there or not. Um, but I, as far as I the, the dash cameras, I my immediate thought would be, okay, you're being tracked on GPS. The call has been recorded. You've already made the report. And uh, the dash cam should automatically be recorded. So anything that, that would happen, I probably would um, put my phone down before he started walking up and just start recording. Um, obviously not holding anything, but smart. to have the, the whole thing uh, being recorded. That, that's me smart. personally. Very smart. Um, um, and uh, with it, some of my my first question, obviously, uh, again, not obviously, but as an attorney, um, I always ask police whenever I'm pulled over, what's the basis for the stop? Right. Be because uh, the, the laws of search and seizure, they're, they're complex, but there has to be a reasonable, articulable suspicion of criminal activity. It's, it, it, it's a mouthful and obviously not legal advice, just general principles. Right. So um, I, I want to know what the basis of the stop is. And then there's a lot of law out there that, that says that the, there has, in general, you can't exceed the scope of the stop unless there's a really good reason to do so. Mm. So for example, um, if if I've, I've not, for example, I've been pulled over like most people, um, and that fear you're, you're talking about, I feel it, and it's it. I, I think it's something that it, 
in, in, uh, with the black community in general, any black male that's been pulled over, one of the first thoughts you have is how is this going to end? Yeah. And that to me is deeply troubling. Deep. But it's something that, that I think about, I think is common in the community. You think about um, and uh, uh, with it, uh, I want to know what the basis of the stop is. Uh, I, I want to know, is it because I have a broken taillight or you say I have a broken taillight? Is what? it because speeding? I mean, what, what is it where if the, there's a, a dash cam, oftentimes there's also a remote microphone that activates as well. Wow. So Good I want to start know. making a record. And then because I'm recording the conversation, I want the record. What is the basis of the stop? Um, so look, I've heard, I've heard a lot <laughs> where, you know, a busted taillight on a brand new vehicle, which wasn't broken, um, uh, expired tabs where the, the police officer would not, just calling it what it is, we've all seen that little sticker. You, you cannot see expired tabs when you're driving 50 miles an hour at a stationary police, uh, police vehicle or anybody. I mean, nobody is that sharp. So, I mean, a lot of pretextual stuff. It's unfortunate, but it is. Um, I, I want to know. A and then the, the duration of the stop is supposed to be limited to serve the purpose. So if you're going to write me a ticket, write me a ticket. That, that shouldn't be a, a two-hour situation involving multiple other officers coming up. So it, if it were me personally, um, I, 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 I probably would have done, just like I said, start my, my recording, ask what, what the basis of the stop is, and then just wait. <laughs> Where if, if they're going to arrest me, hook me up, take me to jail, that's what, what they're going to do. I, I don't think it's, it's fair or reasonable to, to expect that everybody has to start using advanced techniques to uh, diffuse a situation that's routine. Right? right, people get pulled over all of the time. You shouldn't be afraid of getting shot. At most, you should be afraid of getting a ticket. And if you get a ticket, you do. So, uh, uh, it, I, I would have handled it a little bit different, and that is largely because of, of, of my background. Yeah. Also, I would have reported the police officer because no police officer should be reasonably justified in my mind to a, approach a, a vehicle in your circumstance with their firearm drawn. That m mistakes happen, especially when the situation is tense. And so in my mind, by drawing the firearm, that made the, a very bad ending very possible. And it shouldn't have been. And, and, and from, from my perspective, if that's what he's doing to you, uh, it was a male, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, if that's what, what he's doing to you, I guarantee you that's not the first time he's done it. And that needs to stop. That's unfortunate, Brandon. And honestly, you're you're blowing my mind. I am sitting here feeling really bad about myself because you're very intelligent. I should have literally done all that stuff, and I don't. I can't explain why I it didn't even occur to me. Maybe it was the anxiety or something else. But you're absolutely right. I, I didn't even bother asking for a name. I'm sure the the, the fix it ticket that gave me. I'm pretty sure his name is on there. Right. You're right. How could he see my little tag going expired from 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 that that distance? You're absolutely right. And I didn't even think about turning on my own cell phone. And you're absolutely right. I, it, 
I, I hope it never happens to anybody. And if y'all are listening to this, this is this is the kind of information that we really truly need. And brother, thank you again from the bottom of my heart for choosing to spend your knowledge and your time with us because this is exactly what we need. We just need a little bit of guidance. I mean, majority of us too, like we understand these gentlemen that are serving our country and our, our community as police officers. Don't get me wrong. If I ever get in trouble, I, I, I hope I, 911 shows up, you know? And I really, truly, I have, uh, I actually have one cousin in New York that he has happens to be NYPD. So I have a lot of respect for what they do, but also on the same time at the same on the same token, us protesters from time to time, we're all peaceful, but there's a couple of bad apples there too. You and I both know in the legal world too, there are a couple of bad apples probably sitting around too. Just like in the law enforcement, just like our politics, just like our healthcare system, we have bad apples everywhere. But I sincerely have a lot of respect for you for coming on this show and actually educating me. Two things. Thank you. What can I do for you just to show you my gratitude? Because obviously you're going out of your way to help me educate me. How can I show you my gratitude? Oh, no, just uh, uh, giving me this opportunity to, uh, to speak with you is, is plenty. And I encourage you to encourage all those that, that follow you and watch you to move past feeling bad, to, to move past just talking about how pissed we are. We have to do something. Uh, and and I, I, uh, I'm a big believer in the, the positive power of, you know, focused government where um, our elected officials, I mentioned earlier, they're designed to serve us, or at least they should. And if they are not, the only way we can get them out is to vote them out. Mm. So we got to vote and we have to start supporting people uh, if our elected officials aren't listening to us or aren't acting that are not afraid to act, because in my my humble opinion, uh, two things. One, I have the utmost respect for the vast majority of our elected officials. Uh, two, I have a tremendous amount of respect for uh, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. uh, like everything, uh, the the law enforcement they're they're here to enforce the, the laws, right? To, to serve and protect, to, yeah. to police us. However, as the citizenry, um, I believe we also have an obligation to police them where we don't want, Amen. nobody wants um, a, a cop out there that has 16 uh, prior incidents of reported excessive force. Uh -oh. Nobody does. And, and, and for all of those, uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, good apples, for all of those hardworking, honest police officers that are out there, I imagine they don't want that guy out there because no. when he does something bad next or she, it's not an if question, it's a when question. Yep. Then uh, the entire police force uh, gets shaded as this this uh, lawless group of, of you know excessive force using people. And I don't believe that all all law enforcement are by any means, but I I, I do think it's important that we call out what we see. And unfortunately, what this situation, like others have taught us, is there are systems in place in the law enforcement that don't yank those people out, where there's no reason why you should have uh, over a dozen complaints of excessive force. Oh, where no. if you put that in any other context, if, if uh, uh, let's say a bouncer were to get too physical with somebody, there wouldn't be 16 prior times. There would be one. <laughs> And that would be it. Right. If and a lawyer had 16 complaints against him, I'm pretty sure that lawyer would have been disbarred by now. Oh, no question about it. I mean, 
No question about it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and not only that, as a practical point, people would be complaining. There would be reviews all over online. Never go to this guy. This guy's a thief and a robber. And, you know, if, if that is uh, all about those complaints, yeah, that person probably shouldn't be practicing law. Yep. So it, 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 it troubles me deeply that there are these repeated issues and so we, uh, as the, the citizenry, we need to call a foul when we see a foul. 100%. And we, we, we need to, to let our public officials know when we see a foul and when they commit a foul. 100%. And when they don't do anything about it, we need to get them out of office because if you can't do the right thing, why are you there to begin with? For sure. We pay you for a service. If I don't get that service, then I don't need I don't need that transaction anymore. I'm with you. Brother, you have my word. I'm going to do my, my job. I'm going to create a list of these officials that we know, at least we have here in the state of Nevada. I'm going to create a campaign around it, and I'm going to make sure we at least reach out to them, have a genuine dialogue and conversation, and I'll invite them on this show as well, so that way we can talk through these. If I can bring some of them on this show, can I count on you to hopefully join me? Absolutely. I'll love that. I still can't let you off the hook, though. I asked you because you're so <laughs> gracious and so kind. What can I do for you to show you my gratitude before I get to my second question? Um, it, it's just that, right? Where um, uh, really You're too humble. Home. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're too humble. You're too kind. What can I do for Brandon Wright? And your wife has been so kind to put us in touch so we can actually do this. I need to do something for your family so I feel like I was worth a damn to y'all. So what can I do for you? Well, I mean, it, it, it's... Uh, it, my, my particular perspective, right, where uh, when, when word gets out, when we start uniting with an idea, it, it's not just doing anything for me. It's doing ev everything for the community, which I'm a part of. So uh, it, it's... Uh, which we are all I, I part don't. of. So I'm not doing that just for you. So how about right. at least we invite you over for dinner or something? <laughs> Done. Perfect. Thank you. Second part of question, I guess, or second yeah. last thing that I want to talk to you about is any last minute thoughts. Obviously, you're a high caliber gentleman. You're very, very articulate. You're very intelligent. I'm, I'm very impressed with how you carry yourself. Any last minute thoughts for everybody in our community? I guess it's a long pause there. I'm trying to be very precise. Take your time. Um, that uh, our community is what we decide to make it where th this is our home and we have the power to change things truly um it, it's it's really a matter of uh identifying something specific because it, it's it's too broad in my mind and too unreasonable to, to start uh, saying things like, we need to defund the police, where I, I do understand the, the sentiment, and I, I, do, I do understand uh, the, the perspective that if there is bloat in law enforcement, uh, we could do other things, or uh, wouldn't it be great if we could take X percentage of the law enforcement budget and put it in pre-K? Because we know statistically Pre-K will reduce the probability of, of any individual committing a crime exponentially. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a fact. 
Yeah, in, um, in, in the marketing world, artificial intelligence, psychology world, we call that synaptic pruning. That's when you, a lot of your brain cells start dying, new ones form, and whatever you do, if you exercise during that period of time, you actually will end up being a lot more more likely to exercise for the rest of your life. Whatever you do in those times, if you're, if that's why we have Happy Meals. That's why we have Coca-Cola focusing so much on our kids because they understand that synaptic pruning. That as soon as we target these kids with a specific message, they're going to grow up with that message. Totally with you there. I, I, I didn't know the, the technical term. I appreciate that. I mean, there, there are things that, that we know that work. Mm-hmm. And I, I do understand the, the, the sentiment. What, what we need to do, in my mind, is uh, take control, focusing on uh, things that are reasonable and obtainable. Because if the, the perspective is, you know, disband all law enforcement across the country. That's just not reasonable right. or, or, or practical. And, and I'm not saying that that's the argument being made. Um, well, and there, there was we, a gentleman from think, your neck of the woods, I think a city councilman that actually uh, proposed that, that we need to dismantle all law enforcement. And that that, that is just not reasonable and, and practical. I, I, I do understand the, the sentiment uh, that, that said it's I, I don't want a bunch of uh, private contractors enforcing the laws. That, in my mind, is just Woo! dangerous. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, and privatizing prisons, not a good idea already, and then doing law yeah. enforcement through private companies where they have an incentive to make profits. Woo! Yep. It would be dangerous. Uh, no, nor do I want uh... Um, uh, law enforcement budgets to be cut such that uh, they uh, don't have the appropriate training or that there are significant uh, salary cuts, because the last thing I would want would be a poorly trained, poorly paid law enforcement officer with the ability to wield the law as they feel fit, circumstance to circumstance, which I, I do understand that that does happen, you know, but to your bad apples point, I do understand that there are issues, but that's the last thing I would want on a, on a widespread systemic a scale. Absolutely. That said, there are things we can do. Uh, uh, what, what, whatever it is, I know I've been talking about body cameras because what we know statistically, it's when law enforcement officers are equipped with body cameras, the incidence of violence drops significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that their encounters and the productivity of encounters change. Right. Uh, just yeah. as a practical point. Ever if, since my grandmother you know told you're me, you're always being recorded. Right. If you knew everything you did your mom could watch you, you probably, you'd probably think a lot more about what you're going to do. Ever since my grandmother told me God is always watching, I, I've probably been a much better boy than since prior <laughs> to that. Just how it works. Very cool, sir. I Again, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much for choosing to spend some of your very, very busy daytime with us as well. If there's anything else that I can do for you or my tribe can do for you, let me know. We're 100% there with you. And I'm still going to push you for Brandon 2020 or Brandon Wright 2024. You choose. <laughs> well, 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 we'll see what happens uh, in the next year. huh? You got it, sir. Sounds good. Have a good day, okay? You as well. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. Tribe, if you hear something from us that resonates with you, please share it with other people. Talk about it. Don't keep it just to yourself. Conversation creates more education. And also, always, always, always fact check everything you hear. So hopefully, this creates more education for you, more conversation. Talk to each other. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends about it. And we will see you next time.